You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to www.weareredwood.org. We pray that the message that you're about to listen to will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. Amen. If you would, take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And uh, for those children, you can go to kids' class this morning. If you're an adult and you want to go to kids' class, you can't. you got to stay. All right? I know you're groaning, sad. It's okay. We'll have fun here today. John chapter 11, that's where we'll be this morning. If you're a first-time guest, we're so thankful that you're here with us. Hopefully you've received a visitor gift from us today. If you haven't, on your way out, it's right back there in the back table. Uh, Just so thankful that you're here and chose to worship at Redwood. Um, I would encourage you to come back to hear our pastor, because I don't know how this message is going to go this morning. But if you want to come back, hear our pastor preach, it it would be a great, great thing. But we're going to look here in John chapter 11, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 6 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, the, uh, the verses will be up on the screen for you. But let's look here into God's word this morning. John chapter 11, starting at verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of Man might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. So this morning, if you're taking notes this morning, uh, I would like to bring a message this morning entitled, When God Delays. When God Delays. Let's pray and ask God to bless these moments to come. Father, we come before you again, and I come before you in need of you. Lord, I can't do this message without you, and I pray that you'd give me your strength, your Holy Spirit, give me your power. Lord, I pray for our listeners this morning that they would get the truth from your word, and God, that we'd leave here trusting you, having a deeper faith, understanding that sometimes we may not see everything you're doing, but you're working, and I just pray that we'd be comforted and encouraged as we leave here. We love you, Lord, we thank you. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. When God delays, I think we can all be in agreement that delay stinks, right? And sometimes life is filled with delays. We come to God with an urgent request or things that are good to be desired, kind of our hopes, our dreams, and we ask God for these specific things, and yet we want him to answer with one word. And what is that word? Yes, but sometimes he doesn't answer that way. Now, I'm not someone who likes to fly a lot whenever I travel, okay? If I could, I would avoid traveling that way, flying in the air. Um, I'm not also good either with going on bus rides either. I went with my mom, uh, my grandmother. We went from California to Pennsylvania on a bus, Greyhound. And those three days, four days that we were uh, on the Greyhound, um, everything that I ate during that time was no longer in my stomach, okay? So... The Greyhound wasn't good. Flying isn't good. So overall, I think I'm just going to be a stay-at-home person, right? And that's how I am, and that's how you know me to be. But flying isn't something I like to do. And yet, when I have to fly, 
The next worst thing that I don't like, you probably know what I'm going for, is delays. I hate when you get your schedule, you get to the airport, then all of a sudden, you're delayed. Now, I haven't had any crazy delayed stories or anything like that. Most of the times my plane has been delayed is because either the plane's not there yet or they're trying to clean it up and getting everybody off. But I decided to look up some crazy delay stories from the airport, and I got a couple here, and hopefully uh, these will be crazy enough, right? There was a flight that was delayed for 14 hours, right? Because the pilot decided to go swimming before the flight, and he was bitten by a huge fish and had to be taken to the hospital, right? And then they had to fly in the actual pilot to come. If I was on that flight, I'd be so mad, right? 14 hours. And then the next one was a European aircraft was delayed 24 hours because it had to be quarantined because it was full of rodents, just a bunch of mice running around everywhere in the plane. And then this one, this might be one of you guys. They just put a name in this article. But another flight was delayed because a passenger was so afraid to fly that he decides to get off the plane just before the departure. And then his fear, he bites the stewardess who tried to stop him, which resulted in a five-hour delay, okay? Wow, talk about fear. See, I couldn't imagine the frustration of the passengers who just wanted to get to their destination. And I think we're all in agreement that we hate to wait. We don't want a 14-hour delay. We want God to make things happen right now. We come to him with our dreams, our goals, our hopes, but we find ourselves still waiting, wondering, if God is stuck in traffic, we begin to get anxious, frustrated, and accusatory. And if we're not careful, we become doubt-filled. We have become people who want things instantaneously. That's why we have Amazon Prime, okay? That's why we have overnight delivery, one-day shipping, and microwaves. And yet, microwaves, for me, aren't fast enough, all right? There's been many times where I've stood next to the microwave and thinking that if I stand next to it while it's going, it's going to go faster. Usually what happens is I cut it, and there's still time on there, and I eat it lukewarm, okay? It's just not fast enough. See, we all want answers and results as quick as possible, and waiting just doesn't cut it. Now, God doesn't work on our timetable, and I think we all have to come to that realization. God doesn't work for us like that. He's not our Uber driver. He's not our genie. He's not our maid. But yet God has not forgotten your dreams. He hears your requests. He sees your desires. And he knows all about you, and yet he has not forgotten. And with that being said, God has a purpose behind the delay. He's always working, even if you feel like he's not. You see, God's response to us in three ways. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, there's three ways, right? The yes the no, and the wait. And the, and the fact of the matter is, is we're good with handling the yes. We're good with handling the no sometimes. But yet it's the wait that puts us in this place of like limbo where we start to kind of float in the air and not know where our footing is or ground is. And the reality is, is we've lost all control on the situation. And that's why we hate to wait. But yet God has a purpose through all of this. See, we can handle that, the first two, but the waiting is so hard. It's uncomfortable, and yet there's no certainty. So, what is God doing when he delays? That's the question we're going to ask this morning. What is he doing when he responds to us with wait? 
Well, I believe there's two things here in the scripture this morning, this account of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, that I believe will encourage you, help you through the waiting. Number one, if you're taking notes, God is working on us when he delays. God is working on us when he delays. See, the concept of waiting can be very, very tricky. It's like that old infomercial. You set it and forget it, right? Who remembers that, right? You set it and forget it. And yet that's the kind of a way sometimes when we think about waiting, we come to God and we set our prayer request to him and God forgets it. But he actually doesn't. As I said this morning, he doesn't forget. And we think that sometimes that's the way it is. Sometimes we can equate delay with God forgetting. But God hasn't forgotten. Here's the thing. Instead of focusing on the destination, let's enjoy the journey. There's a journey God's taking you on. There's a journey God's doing. He's doing, he has purpose behind the journey. We always focus on the end game, the end game, but really he's doing something in the middle. He's doing something there. So we enjoy the journey, not just the destination. Sometimes God doesn't change the situation that you and I are asking God to change because he's actually trying to change you through the situation. We say, God, this is hurting me. This is so hard, and yet please take it away from me when God doesn't answer that way because he's actually using it to shape you, to mold you. He's taking you through the situation. He's not getting rid of it. See, God is working on you in the delay, and his intentions is to make you who you are meant to be in him. John Ortenberg said this, biblically, waiting is not just something we have to do until we get what we want. Waiting is part of the process of becoming what God wants us to be. God is doing something. He's working on you behind the delay. In John 11, we find that Jesus delays coming to heal Lazarus. And here's the thing, whom he loves. Don't let the waiting depict God's love for you. Understand he loves you even through the waiting. His love for you does not wane through the waiting. He loves you, and therefore he says, wait. See, there was an urgent request by Mary and Martha, and they wanted Jesus to come right away. But Jesus delays because his desire is not just to answer this request right away. Why? Because he had a great purpose behind the delay. He's working on Mary and Martha. Jesus could have healed Lazarus, right, via his words right then and there. He could have microwaved a miracle, and he did it, he did it physically. He didn't have to be there physically to see the person be healed. Jesus has healing power. He can use his words to heal, and he could have done that for Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He could have just stayed there, got the news, right, and could have just said, heal him, and he's good. Jesus does that. We look in Luke 7, verses 6 through 10. It's another account of how Jesus healed a centurion's servants by his, his words. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him and saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore neither thought, thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I am also a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. What a compliment by Jesus Christ. 
And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Jesus can heal with his words. He doesn't have to be there physically to see Lazarus. But why doesn't he do that for Mary and Martha? Because what he's trying to do is bring about a deep faith in Mary and Martha. You see, the centurion had faith. Man, great faith. But yet there was a part of Mary and Martha that was lacking some faith. Now, Jesus could have done this very thing, but he had a greater purpose. And you see, God wants to build that deeper faith, a stronger faith, and God uses delay to do these types of things. He wants to get you to a point where the only place you can turn is him. Here's this quote. If the Lord Jehovah makes us wait, let us do with our whole hearts. For blessed are all they that wait for him. He is worth waiting for. The waiting itself is beneficial to us. It tries faith, exercises patience, trains submission, and endears the blessing when it comes. See, the Lord's people have always been a waiting people. See, the delay does something inside of us. Just think about the emotions that may have come into the heart of Mary and Martha. You know Jesus personally, right? You know him. He's your friend, and yet you send because you have an urgent request. Your brother, whom Jesus loves, is sick and nigh unto death. And yet you send for Jesus, and what does Jesus do? He stays. He delays. And yet in the heart of Mary and Martha begin these deep thoughts that were planted deep down that they didn't even know they had. Emotions of insecurity. Emotions of fear. Emotions of, God, what are you doing? Doubts. See, delay is God turning up the emotional volume knob to reveal what's in our hearts. There's some things deep down inside that you don't even know is there until there's a situation that God allows to happen in your life. Then all of a sudden, the inner you begins to speak. And what is God doing? He's getting rid of those things. Those things that you've put deep down that you never even knew was there. And yet the situation is there to bring, it, bring about bigger and greater faith in you. And those things right there are just making it weak. And yet he's taking it out of you. All the insecurity, all it out. Why? So that you could see all of those questions that you have can have answers when it's placed in front of Jesus Christ. And he's getting those out to be revealed in the light of his glorious grace. And that's what he's doing to Mary and Martha. And yet that's what he's doing in the delay. Whatever request you've brought to God, he's doing that right now. Look what he says in John 11, 11 through 15. Verse 11 says, These things say he, and after he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, I love how Jesus has to speak to the disciples sometimes. He's like, come on, guys. And he says this, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Here's the purpose. Here's the working. To the intent that ye may what? Believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. And then in verse 42, he says this, and I knew that thou hearest me always. He's speaking to the Lord. But because of the people which stand by, I said it. And they, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. See, God's delays are not God's denials, but yet it's another way of deepening our faith 
So God is working on you and I through the delay. His purpose is greater faith. His purpose is ridding out the insecurity. That's his purpose. Good thing I only have two points this morning. Second point. In the delay, God will glorify himself and show you his glory. See, when God delays, he's setting up the scene for your good and ultimately for his glory. Look at verse number four here in our text. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man might be glorified thereby. As I said before, God's not doing this off the cuff. He knows everything. He's planned everything. He's working on you so that you know he's enough and that you will come to a place of worship. You'll come to the place of giving him glory, honor, and praise. Look at verse 39 through 40. Jesus said, take you away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe deeper faith, I'm building this in you, thou shouldest see the glory of God. See, the glory of God is this. It is the infinite beauty and greatness of God's manifold perfections. Jesus wanted Martha and the people all around to see the infinite beauty and greatness of his manifold perfections. How do you see God? We're talking to the teenagers this morning. We're going through a continued discipleship, and the section we're on is called Knowing God. Do you know God? How do you see him? Did you, do you see him like how I described him in the beginning, your Uber driver, your genie? You're made? Is that how you see God? Or do you see God as the one who is all-powerful? Do you see him as uh, the one with manifold perfections? Do you see him as the one who ultimately holds all things into his hands and that he, he can do anything he wants to do and, he, and yet he loves you and he sees you? All of your desires, all of your hopes, all of your dreams, that's him and he knows all of those things. Do you see him like that and do you run to him like that when the time comes? Do you see him as the one with the answers? Or do you see yourself as the one with the answers? See, God's ultimately doing in the delays. He wants you to see him for who he is. He wants you to see him as the one in control. He wants you to see him in his glory for your good and for his glory. See, here's the thing. You and I, and I think we know this, and I love it when we come here on Sundays and we get to worship together one of the great designs that God has given to you and I is to be worshipers. And yet to become worshipers, we need something to worship, right? And that worship is God. He is the greatest object of our worship. And yet when we see his glory, guess what happens? We worship. And yet the Bible says that that's what we're created for. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they were and are created. Now here's the thing. Sometimes your view of God dictates your worship. God. So if we have a low view of God, sometimes we have low worship. But when we have that high view of God, there's that high worship. That's that opening your heart, opening your mind to what God is and who he is, and yet that allows us to worship for that's what we were created for. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God, worship God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. He's saying, look, the whole of you worship me. The Bible calls us to glory in the Lord. 
Psalm 34, 2, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. We are called to do all things to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. See, when you're in the delay, God's working on you and he's trying to get you to worship. He wants you to glory in him. Here's one thing I would like to say as well, is that when we're in the delay, I know for me, the guy who hates waiting at the microwave, even though it's fast enough, in the delay, don't rush it. As I said, God's got a timetable. If you look through the scripture, you'll find that there's a lot of people who rushed what God had already designed. And the end result wasn't good. And I know for me, there's been times in my life where I've rushed things and things have not panned out the way it should. So here's the thing. In the delay, don't rush. See what God is doing. He's working on you. He wants you to see his glory. You see, God's timing is always right. His delays are divine, and they have purpose. So those are the two things that's, that God, in this passage, is doing in the delay. And I don't know what you've been asking the Lord to do. I don't know what it is that you've been sending God. But here's the thing. He's not forgotten. He knows. And take great comfort and encouragement that he is working on you and that he wants you to see his glory so that you can glory in the Lord. Well, let me give you a couple practical things here and we'll be done and you get to go to lunch, all right? So here's a few things that when you're doing as you wait, number one, serve. Sometimes when we are waiting on God to work for us, we forget to serve because we become so self-centered on the, the thing that we want but yet God wants us to serve through the waiting. He wants us to love through the waiting. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I think sometimes what happens is we, we get so self-centered and we forget to serve when we're waiting on God. Galatians 5.13 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Anyone, everyone, anywhere. Number two, surrender. At this time, learn to surrender. Open your heart to whatever God wants. To surrender your hopes and dreams is the key to hold them with an open hand. Shows that no matter what you want, you want God overall. Now here's the thing about hopes and dreams. He knows, and yet sometimes our dreams are actually nightmares compared to his. His dreams are much greater. His dreams are perfect. He's got some awesome dreams for you. And yet when our heart is lined up and our desires are lined up with the Lord, guess what? He shall give us the desires of what? Our hearts. And then number three, socialize. What I mean by socialize is when God is delaying, don't distance yourself. Don't distance yourself. Sometimes that's a response to the delay. You focus so much on hoping that it happens or you get an answer and you forget to live life. You're stuck on the destination and miss out on the journey. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but ex exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Look, if you are in the delay, if you're in a season of delay, and God's saying, wait, 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 don't distance yourself from God's people. Get with God's people. Get with them. Let them encourage you through the waiting. And then number four, saturate. This is a great time to saturate yourself in reading and prayer and digging deep into God's character and promises. By doing this, you will come to a place of confidence 
You know, that God is enough. So he has answered your request, either with yes, no, but in this passage, he answered with wait. What are you saying within yourself during this time of delaying your life? These are some questions you got to ask. You see, God has a twofold purpose of seeing you during this time you may be experiencing. He wants to deepen your faith and he wants you to see his glory and glorify him. You're in good hands. So let this time of delay become a time of strengthening faith and refreshing praise. Take heart, he knows. Take heart, he hasn't forgotten. If you're in the delay today, understand he's working on you. He loves you. He's going to see you through. Don't pray so fast for it to go away because he's using it for your good and for his glory. Let's pray.